Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Yeehaw! Okay, okay. Holy cow! May I have your attention, please? Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, we are in week number two of 2023, which is really kind of interesting and wild because it feels like uh, exactly how 2022 left us. It's cold, there's uh, snow and ice around, but the uh, ice fishing is really ramping up right now. It is getting good right now, and that's one of the reasons, Drew, that we have the entire Casper Region fisheries biologist crew here with us today. So we have Matt, Jeff, and Nick, who are all the scientists in charge of surveying the waters and figuring out uh, what's going on. Ah, uh, the mad scientist with fishing. <laughs> or just mad scientist. Let's jump right into some of the conditions over uh, a couple of the reservoirs that we have how about Seminole and Alcova to, to start off with Jeff? Uh, Jeff, how's it looking so far as we're rolling into 2023? Uh, the fishery should be really good in both of those places with uh, robust trout populations. And then Alcova has a fair number of kokanee that are breaking 20 inches. So anglers going through the ice have a chance at those as well. For yeah. listeners that don't know about kokanee, kokanee are our landlocked salmon here in Wyoming that are so fantastic to eat just like you eat normal normal salmon. You can cook them and and you can, uh, you know, do the smate. Oh, here we go. First of the year. You can cook them and do the smoked trout type of uh, salmon and um, do the fillets on the barbecue. They're absolutely fantastic. So hitting those up at, at Alcova is a wonderful time for, for ice fishing. So, Jeff, how is the ice at this point on both of those reservoirs? I mean, some of the places that we've been out in the Casper region, we found kind of like surprisingly poor quality ice with kind of like a grayish or milky, like punky top to it with clear ice on the bottom. So anglers should still be really careful to check the ice as they walk out uh, every so many yards, you know, drill another hole or take your spud bar and check check the depth. So, but I mean, six inches, eight inches of ice in some of these places when, is not uncommon. When you, know? you have, when you have that grayish ice uh, on top of clear ice, how thick does it need to be at that point so that you can uh, ensure that you're safe? Uh, we recommend no less than four inches of good, clear ice for people to, to walk out on just by themselves, not with a vehicle of any type. So, I mean, you'd still want to have more than that if it's punky and, and kind of cloudy looking, because it's just not as structurally sound as it would be if it was nice, hard, clear ice. So if you're getting down and you've got two or three inches of that nasty ice on top, but you only have maybe three inches of clear ice underneath, you still probably should uh, lay off a little bit. Yeah, you should be really careful about walking out on that kind of stuff because it's just really not safe. When and Drew, as you know, and the things that we've talked about, the weather really affects the conditions of the ice. And so with our Wyoming winds, that can really change the condition of the ice quickly. It kind of makes 
you know, the, as those winds blow while it's still cold out, it kind of does create that cloudy ice and does make it, um, as, as Jeff talks about, kind of punky. And later in the season when it gets warm and we have those warmer winds, it will actually begin to melt that ice very quickly. So you could be standing at one spot and then look around and you're in the middle of the water. So we do need to remind folks, always awareness. And Jeff, when when you're at Seminole or Alcova, do you find that the wind uh, plays a different role at either of those two locations, or is it pretty much the same? I know there's a little elevation difference between the two. Seminole is by far like the windier of those two places, but as for the conditions, I'm not sure that it would necessarily change the ice conditions all that much between the two. The one thing I would caution people to do at Alcova is that the wind will blow snowdrifts up in that middle of the lake kind of portion that never freezes all that solid. You know, there's a lot of flow that happens underneath the ice as the water leaves the canyon and heads down towards the dam. Alcova just doesn't really freeze solid in the middle there very often. And if you get a lot of wind that blows snowdrifts onto that, it'll mask the fact that, that looks gray or wet on top. So that should be a particularly dangerous spot to kind of check and avoid. So how far out in Alcova is it safe to go on the ice? If it out in the middle doesn't really freeze up fully, uh, how far out is okay? I mean, the, the little back bays and all that should still be checked, obviously, before they go out on them. But those ones tend to be the ones that are more solidly frozen. You know, it's it's one of those things that you can't take our word for it. You can't take your buddy's word for it. You know, it's, it's your... Um, conditions that you are that you feel safe on that you need to make sure that that you're abiding by and and one of the things that game and fish always you know reminds folks is we're not out there every day and so making sure that just because we were there yesterday conditions can quickly change and if we say it's good ice it might not be today so always make sure that you're comfortable with your own level of safety and and out you go and you know we always recommend that people contact the sporting goods stores they're often in touch with anglers that come in and, and visit maybe that night, you know, after they've been out fishing. And so sometimes they're more in the know. And, and so that's a great place to call and get the latest information. Awesome. Jeff, we appreciate all the info there. And when we come back, we're going to talk Pathfinder, Glendo, and the river. Hang on. Wyoming, hook it and hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. All right, we are back. The show continues. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can listen to all of our episodes. We have 52 from last year uh, at the My Country 95.5 app on demand. All right, Janet, uh, back talking ice fishing today, and we just talked Alcova and Seminole, but there are a couple other uh, large sources of water that people love to get out on and uh, do some ice fishing, too. That's right. You know, we're really lucky here in Casper. We say this, you know, 365 days a year. If you want to go fishing, we've got the fish. We've got the river that runs through town that is super fantastic for a lot of the year. We have local community fisheries such as Lake McKenzie and Yesness Pond, as well as our larger reservoirs up and down the North Platte River. So it's it's an exciting um, place to be with lots of outdoor opportunities. And, And if you love the cold, this winter is your bag. Yeah, it's uh, been a little frigid over the last few weeks, and I'm sure it's going to get even worse over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, now, Nick, uh, you kind of take over and and look after Pathfinder and Glendo and, and the water on the river, and how's the fishing looking now on those bodies of water? Uh, yeah, Drew, so uh, Pathfinder in particular, I think anglers should expect to see uh, 
high abundance of generally smaller walleye. And then coupled with that, we uh, have had lower catch rates of trout in that reservoir recently, but the, the ones that are there are generally quite big. Um, and that, that reservoir gets uh, quite a bit of attention through the, the winter because of uh, the large trout that move in and out of the Miracle Mile and the, the Pathfinder Reservoir. Glendo, I don't think is any secret recently. It's one of the more popular uh, fisheries in the region year round. And uh, the walleye fishing continues to be fantastic there. Um, in addition to walleye, we've got sauger, uh, channel catfish, yellow perch, crappie. Uh, it's just kind of our warm water uh, fishery that, that continues to produce really good uh, success for people. How does the ice look on those two reservoirs at this point? It's safe to say they're both uh, completely capped with ice, and people I know have been fishing them both for, for several weeks now. The kind of interesting thing about Glendo, it, people that have fished it know well, is that the, the ice around the edges is generally really, uh, really not very safe. And so people often bring planks or ladders to walk out on to get to the safer ice because the reservoir is filling uh, all winter long. So um, as the, the ice rises and the lake fills, it leaves a ring around the outside that's very, needs, needs extreme caution when people walk across that portion. How about how far of a, a ladder do they need or a plank do they need to make on, on the banks? Yeah. That that really depends, you know, on on the part of the lake they're on, and on you know just how the ice is moving. But I mean, certainly ten feet or 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 something in that range is probably what most people have. But again, that's something that you have to check for yourself and and use extreme caution as you try to get on the ice. Last year, I believe it was uh, at Pathfinder, there was kind of a, an odd situation that happened where. Uh, there were guys out doing fishing, and then all of a sudden, the ice pulled away from the bank, basically, and, and separated. And is that something that's common on these reservoirs? No, I wouldn't say it's common, but it certainly has happened in the past. I know, you know, it happened here recently at Pathfinder, and, and you know, a couple of years ago, there was another story here of that at Flaming Gorge. I think it's a lot more common on really big bodies of water, like in the Great Lakes. I think it happens every year. Uh, sometimes there's hundreds of people stranded on it. So just a case of if you're on a shelf of ice and the wind's blowing, no guarantee that shelf's going to stay put while you're out there. So Now, Game and Fish always recommends that anglers wear a life jacket, maybe ice picks and some other items like that. What are some other safety precautions people need to take on the ice? Go with somebody, uh, you know, don't ever go out on the ice by yourself having having your buddy with you to, that can throw you a rope or something to help pull you out is is key. Um, having dry clothes, uh, it's not a bad idea to have hot liquids like a thermos of hot chocolate or something in your car. And in case somebody does go through, uh, you know, if it's 20 below and you get soaked, hypothermia is a real, a real deal. And uh, if you don't have a way to dry off and warm up, in a big hurry, you could find yourself in a lot of trouble. And of course, Drew, I know you and I have talked about this off air, but the vehicle that Matt is talking about having your clothes and the hot liquids in should not be on the ice. Right. I mean, that that's stuff that we want to keep, um, you know, on shore. And that's, you know, there's a lot of people who have apparently a different comfort level than I do. And, and they do take their vehicles out on the ice. And and just a reminder, like that is that is not a safe situation. So, Janet, I know that, that we have kind of uh, talked before 
about, you know, we've got this great uh, river that flows through our, our area and it sometimes freezes up. Uh, how's the ice fishing on the river? Um, you know, we absolutely do not um, encourage people to be on ice on the river at all. But if there's open water, I mean, you can still fish on, on the river. If you are on the land and you're fishing to that open water, you absolutely can. And we're lucky enough here in Wyoming, and we'll let Jeff kind of address this a little bit um, as well, that we have a lot of tailwater fisheries that do kind of stay open. And so Jeff can talk a little bit about what to expect there. And, and we're lucky that the North Platte River can be part of that. Yeah, so I mean, like the Miracle Mile will stay mostly unfrozen down below Cordes Dam. And same with Gray Reef Reservoir for the uppermost stretch. That should stay open fairly long throughout the winter, as long as it doesn't get down to crazy negatives like we just had for a very long period of time. And then the trout fishing, it could be pretty slow, but it tends to be fairly good for on the nicer of the days, as long as you know what how to adjust your tackle and use smaller midges, things that come out during the winter time. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you so much. Also, Matt, Janet, and Nick, you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Brian, we're into the new year now, and uh, things are looking pretty good as far as uh, snowpack because it's, you know, we've had a little bit, and if folks want to get out and enjoy it, they need to come by here first. Yeah, that that snow last week was uh, was was a was a whopper, and uh, but it's really good for the mountains. Yeah, really good for the Nordic trails up at uh, Casper Mountain. So, if you haven't had a chance to experience some snowshoeing or cross country skiing, uh, we can certainly help you on the uh, on the uh, snowshoeing part of it. Uh, lots of kind of entry level to semi advanced uh, level snowshoes here and uh, get up there and experience those parks. And you have to keep in mind that when you go up the mountain, you're going up two to 3,000 feet, so you're looking at a little colder temperatures up there, and conditions are, are different there as well. Yeah, and what I found most of the time when we go up there, even though the wind's blowing down here, once you get up inside of those 60-foot pine trees, you know, the, the wind's really not bad. So you've got nice, comfortable uh, conditions and uh, nice groomed trails. So it's obviously a great idea to not only get your snowshoeing equipment, but uh, stock up on hats and gloves and socks and even thermals. It's always good to have those. Yeah, we've still got a good supply of all that uh, cold weather gear, so now's a good time to get in. First aid kits are always a good idea to to have when you're heading out. You guys carry uh, multiple levels of first aid kits here, too. Yeah, we, we carry kind of more of a basic basic kit, but we carry a lot of individual items that can be used to make a good good safety right. kit. So, um, you know, if you just get yourself a nice little, you know, storage tote that you're going to put in the back of your truck where you can have your blanket, maybe you put a space blanket in there, maybe you put a fire starter, some, some waterproof ca- uh, matches, uh, maybe a little propane stove, you know, a jet boil or something like that. There's lots of different things you can do just for to be winter prepared. And that's one of the important parts of it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's good for your heart and your health. But when you get up there, there's that chance that something could happen and change at any minute. Well, we, we both experienced you know the, the how, how well a tow rope can help. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to have that especially up on the mountain. Uh, you had gone up there just last weekend and, and noticed that you know there's pretty high 
berms of snow everywhere. So even driving up there is really difficult. Yeah, the county parks have done a really good job of keeping the, the roads cleared and some parking areas opened up. So there's plenty of good access. You know, take your time when you're driving up there, especially take your time going down. But, uh, yeah, they're doing a good job keeping them plowed, and uh, there's a lot of, lots of uh, access up there. And if you haven't been up yet this year and you're thinking about loading the family up and taking your snow machines or your side-by-sides up, don't forget to get your, uh, your new stickers. Yeah, we've got all those uh, new snowmobile and ORV tags, all that kind of stuff that you'll need. Um, also remember that the state parks, uh, those are also available now too. And you can, uh, you can get the maps of a lot of the uh, general areas as well. Yeah, the county parks has a good uh, resource for that, but uh, we do have some of the snowmobile um, maps and that kind of stuff available here at the store as well. Come on by, check them out. If, if you need something for the outdoors or if you're heading out to enjoy uh, the, the environment and exercise outside, it's a great idea. And we're getting to the point where a lot of these ice fishing derbies and uh, tournaments are starting to come. Yeah, I think the first one that I saw, there, I think there might be one in Matitsi before this weekend, but... The twenty first and twenty second, I think, is the boys and ice derby. Right, yeah. And that's kind of the that's kind of one of the the bigger events in the area. And then the hog derby is coming up. What well, that's the first weekend in uh, yeah, I think February sixth or something so. like that. Yeah, if you're not prepared, you're not ready to get out and uh, get on the ice. Come on in and make sure that you have everything you need at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. My Country ninety five five. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. All right, Brian, we are back, and uh, you've done some some great bird hunting this year. Uh, the, the geese have really been moving, and we've had some weather. Uh, I guess it's been interesting weather-wise where it got cold, it got really cold, it warmed up a little, and it got cold again, and yeah, it's are def- confused. It's definitely affecting the bird patterns and what they're doing. I mean, obviously through town, it's been pretty iced up. There's a few patches of open water, and... You'll see birds sitting on those, but where you can find a lot of open water, there's t- typically a lot of birds. When you get outside of, of town, like you, you just mentioned, it's it's interesting how the mountain plays such a role in weather inside Casper's. I remember the three-foot snowstorm a couple of years ago where Bob at Riverbend said that there were only a couple of inches mm-hmm. there. It just It's so interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, especially when you get out there in those open plains, the way that wind affects it and blows off, you know, those fields or, um, you know, as long as you can get, have access to it, you know, but that water, that open water from like, you know, below gray reef stays open for quite a while through there. So gives those birds a nice resting, resting place. Now, when you have a, a situation where it got negative, what, 22 and then negative 50 with the wind chill, and then it warms up above freezing and the kind of thaws out a little, is it frozen enough at that point that the birds are, you know, still looking for places to go, or will it, it melt off enough to give it, them a chance? You know what? It just depends. I think even after this last storm, we had a few more birds pushed down south. Mm-hmm. So we lost some of the birds that we had here. But as long as they've got feed, as long as they've got open water, we're going we're gonna to have birds stick around. So uh, we still have a good number of birds. Uh, as we start getting later in the season, the birds start doing some really kind of crazy things. Like you would expect them to be in like, oat fields or um corn fields mm-hmm. but a lot of times we find them out in the sagebrush just eating whatever green stuff that's coming up through the ground and just in just some of the most bizarre oddest places so do you find that to be maybe they're catching on like where no, they're they're getting shot at or no it just happens every year and i and i can't explain it i don't uh, know if it's because maybe cattle have been feeding through there or maybe oh, there yeah. it's a 
maybe it's a wet drainage of some sort of that's just creating you know the 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 green weeds or grass to grow up faster um, but it's just it's just different i don't i don't necessarily think it's because of hunter pressure but maybe they need more gravel that time of year so they're looking for more of a gravelly substance for their cross or so when when you're out with a, a group of guys and you know you hunt with a, a few guys and you're in the the blind and you start seeing these big groups of birds like you're you're seeing what kind of uh, a call are you sending out to to those birds is it a feed call or is it a come on over and play, boys? That's the tricky part, right? So we, we hopefully we're we're set up on the X, right? We want to be in a field that they're on. Now, if we're if we're running traffic, as they say, you know, we're in a field where we can't be in the field that the geese are in, but we want to, but we can intercept them and we can put out a really big spread. Then we might call the heck out of them. But typically, if we're in a field where the birds have been using it on a regular basis, um, a lot of times we're just we're not calling at all. Sometimes we're just doing a few clucks here and there. Um, I, I really believe in the, using a flag. So mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll flag and I'll flag those geese almost all the way till their feet are down in the blind. Kind of listening to the birds and what they're wanting to do and, get, and seeing how they're responding to the calls and being able to get off the call. Because I do think that calling too much is sometimes a problem. In this last trip that you took, you had birds that were landing in the decoys. So they obviously are going to call to the others naturally right I, or do that i don't know i mean that you know the video i showed you that i recorded this last weekend we had so many birds in the air and so we typically try not to educate big groups of birds mm-hmm. and be a little more selective and shooting at the smaller groups so that we can hopefully hunt the, those same back. birds you know day after day and so yeah sometimes those birds do get hit the ground but a lot of times when the birds hit the ground, they just start feeding, you know, they, or they don't even pay attention right? or if it's really cold, they just put their heads down and start and go to rest, whatever. We've only got a little while left of duck season. Goose season is maybe what a month and a half or so away. So people are going to start focusing really on ice fishing now. And some of these derbies start the hog derbies in February and the boys in derby is coming up. And right. a lot of folks are, are out there on the ice. And, and I know that there's good ice and there's bad ice. And then again, it kind of goes back to the this weather fluctuations mm-hmm. where you know it could be dangerous yeah you know we, we've had some consistently cold weather so that's certainly going to help us but you still need to be careful right and when you're fishing something like the hog derby or one of these tournaments uh are, are you fishing a little different than a, a casual saturday because with more people out well you know it, it's the hog derby will have 600 participants probably maybe yeah. more I, I i don't even know um and even though it's you know it's a it's a derby and there's prizes involved and that kind of stuff, I think most people are there just to have a, a fun weekend right. and you know so you'll you'll go from one camp to another camp on the ice and one guy's cooking chili another guy's frying up brats and you know it's it's more of it's not so much a competition as it is just more of camaraderie. I get out there, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean everyone's just trying to catch a fish. I mean they, yeah. you know in mod times it's a great time to bring your kids out there. Um, obviously I think the trout are sometimes easier to catch. Um, and you just fish for them a little differently. You're usually not on the bottom. Uh, the browns tend to run on the bottom, but a lot of the rainbows, I have my best luck anywhere from three to 10 foot under the ice. And so you might be in 50 foot of water, but only fishing the under, under the, just under the ice a little ways. So, uh, for the walleyes, you know, usually start shallow in the mornings, move out a little bit deeper in the afternoons. But, you know, 20, 25 feet probably for the walleyes. Um, 
and I don't know, just, you know, you got, you got to move around. We've talked about that. Yeah, you, know? right. I mean, you can't just drill a hole and put a tip up and, and say, well, boy, this, I haven't got a bite on this all day. If you haven't got a bite in an hour, drill another hole. Move. Well, if you do some fishing or maybe you're going to go out and you need a little advice or help on what you need to take equipment wise, come on by and check them out. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. My Country 95.5. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, and it's that time of year. Ice fishing is really big. Earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, what it's looking like in a lot of the area reservoirs with Game and Fish. And Jay Fountain is on with us this morning, old buddy Jay. And Jay, you got a big, big deal coming up in a couple weekends that uh, you're inviting people out to. Yeah, it's uh, the Boyson Ice Fishing Derby uh, 2023 over at uh, Boyson Reservoir in Shoshone. Uh, is last year the, the first year that you did the uh, the kids' trophies and stuff? Um, no, this is, uh, I think, my third year running the Boyson one. Now, Jay, you made an impact over the last couple of years with a wild hunter and fisherman, especially with the kids. Yeah, they, uh, they, they really seem to enjoy it. It brings a lot more people out, gets the kids involved. That's why I strive to do all this. You know, it just makes it fun for everybody. Yeah, when you can get the kids in there and get them out on the ice and, you know, you put them in the, the hut with you and you get to bond a little more. Yeah, I got to take uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jake Baker. Um, I actually had met that kid a couple of years ago and he had never been ice fishing and he really wanted to go. And I was able to round up some stuff for that young man and donate it to him and then uh seeing the the excitement and everything on their face is what what does it for me you know it's it's priceless you've been doing wild hunters and fishermen for quite a while now and the numbers there are, are building too oh yeah it's uh it's growing every day uh, we get new people constantly three to ten people a day and uh, they seem to really enjoy the page. I really like that uh, people get on there and they, they're proud. You know, it's like uh, an online fishing story or hunting story where you can back the story up with the pictures uh, and post them on the page. Yeah, um, and that's that's the reason why I started the whole, just started out as a Facebook page and moved to where I am now. That is a place where people can interact and share their tips and their tricks and their stories and you know, post all the pictures, uh, at the top of the group photo, I'll change that every so often and display a kid with their first animal or their first fish, you know, it just, that way they get bragging rights. They get to see themselves at the top of the page, you know, and everybody gets to see it and comment on it. So obviously if you haven't yet get over and like it, wild hunters and fishermen on Facebook and uh, Jay, what's the, the story for this uh, fishing tournament coming up 2021 and 22 of January in Boyson. It's put on by B and K shoreline. It's a barn eatery over in Shoshone and it's, it's so fun. There's so many different species of fish that you get to target and try to win it with they they do a great job of hosting it there's a whole bunch of door prizes uh ultimately at the end you know you get a win big fish on it every species of fish you got crappie perch walleye trout and ling all really edible fish it's a great fishery over there super fun for the kids uh last year uh, hunter Shepner. 
he won with an eight pound ling. He won my big fish for the youth. And then I can't remember the girl's name, but she won the small fish with a one ounce crappie. Now, so, that's a little crappie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even know it was on there that that minnow that it was trying to eat was bigger than the crappie. Oh, well, so, I was about to say that's a, that's, that's a minnow size there. Now, the one thing that I really like about it is it's only $10 per person to register for this tournament. So really it's a, a full weekend of, of fishing fun just for 10 bucks. You do your $10 ticket and then your name goes in a bucket to win a door prize. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like everybody there wins something. Plenty of opportunities and a great time to get out there. Now, Jay, have you gone over and done any scout fishing at Boyson? Yeah, I just uh, I actually just spent three days and two nights on the ice over there. And uh, I caught a uh, – I, I measured it wrong. I just set it on my board. But uh, I caught my biggest fish to date. It was a 28 and three-quarter inch catfish. Wow. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Jay, how are the ice levels at Boyson? Everything frozen? Well, everywhere that I went, um, it was good, safe ice, uh, and it was ten plus inches. Oh, nice! Everywhere that that I personally went. If you're going to be going to the tournament, you know, make sure that you read the regulations, follow all the game of fish stipulated regulations, the regulations of the tournament, and just. Use caution. All right. It's the Ice Fishing Derby at Boyson, January 20, 21, 22. Get over to YO uh, Hunters and Fishermen on Facebook to get more information and join up on uh, on the group. So, Jay, thanks so much, and uh, and good luck over there at Boyson. Yeah, thank you. Have you hooked a big fish or harvested a beast of an animal? Let us know all about it at the My Country mobile app. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors.